Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading-edge boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Each show, we will also salute the life of a senior. Today, we will be talking about senior sex. Yes, you heard that right, sex and seniors. And with us today are Tracy Johnson, the Executive Director of Hallmark Buckhead, an independent living facility and assisted living facility. Triff Cook, the Director of Client Services for Home Care Assistance, and Juanita Tolbert, who will be talking about our celebrated senior. Thank you so much for being with us, Tracy. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let us first talk about what is Hallmark and um, how that's important to our discussion today. Great. Well, Hallmark is a luxurious senior living community. We have over 200 apartments, um, and they range from large penthouses to studios. It's right in the heart of Atlanta, so we have access to wonderful activities, um, the theater and shopping and restaurants. So it's a very vibrant place. We also have an assisted living community that helps our residents when they have more aging um, issues to take care of them. Um, we are relatively new as well, so our community is new. We've been there seven years now, and um, just a very wide assortment of residents who come from all over the country. And what would you say the ages um, that live there in the independent living part of it would be, the range? We have people in their late 60s, and we have... Um, up to about 90, 95 in our independent living. Okay. In our assisted living, we have a gentleman who's 102. So 102. we go all the way up there. That's right. Um, wonderful. And so the difference between the two is that in the independent living, they're really still able to care for themselves. Uh, whether or not they're still driving may be uh, the difference between them. But That's right. Many of them do the drive. Many of them do. But um, several of them have come into the community because they've given up that ability to drive and they need our assistance just in that area. And then the assisted living, they're really at a level where they need some sort of assistance with activities of daily living. Mm -hmm, sure. Such as walking, bathing, mm -hmm. dressing. Exactly. Toileting. And sometimes it's just medication management too. They so the oversight for that. Okay, so someone who maybe has memory issues can do everything for themselves, but maybe reminders to take their medication. Exactly, or, yes. Okay. And so when people move in, uh, is it like their home in that they bring in their own furniture, they bring in pets if they have pets and can take care of them? Yes, absolutely. They do decorate and furnish their own apartments and they try to make it as much like home as they can. Of course, if they're coming from home, they have to downsize. So there's always that, you know, kind of tension in the transition of what do I bring and how do I set it up exactly for me. We do have a pet policy where you can have one um, dog or cat and um, we have several residents that bring their, their pets and it's a great comfort to them. 
Absolutely. And so basically, it's just like home. Uh, you know, I mean, on a yes. small scale. Yes, it becomes <laughs> their home. And yes. their families visits. Oh, often, yes. We have, um, you know, just as many kind of different kinds of family you would have. You have that kind of uh, relationship. Some are dysfunctional. Some are very, you know, <laughs> there every week. I mean, just like in a normal community. Are there any families that are not dysfunctional anymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? That's true. That's the normal. <laughs> That's right, the new norm. Um, and so essentially what it sounds like is in a senior community, we're trying to emulate what their life was before. Exactly. And so do you have both single individuals as well as married couples? We do. We do. We have about 20, though, couples who are married, mm -hmm. um, and the rest are singles. Of course, you find that the older we get, often, you know, you're losing a spouse. So we find a lot of people have come in for that very reason. They've lost a spouse and staying home alone isn't the best option. Right. They want to be with others and continue yes. to socialize. And sometimes the house just becomes too big to manage. Exactly. Um, and so with that in mind, as far as trying to keep the environment similar and continue to do the same activities they have done before, such as getting their hair done, going to uh, like you said, the theater or activities you do. One of the activities that people do that uh, is a natural activity is having sex. And uh, so, or at least some of us think it is, you know, when we're young. What about when people are older? Do you see that as being uh, an issue in a combined community? Basically an apartment setting where people either do need the assistance of others or don't. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. I think as social social beings, you know, we like companionship with others. And certainly, you know, being sexual beings, we like the companionship of others. And so um, you you don't find that changing when people get older. They they like to have uh, their friends. They like to have a special boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's very interesting when someone introduces you to their 85-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just different in our head. You know, you think of your teenage daughter or something introducing you to her boyfriend. But it's true in all ages. And that is interesting is the term that people people use because in that age group, that is what was called was your boyfriend, your girlfriend, unless you were engaged, then it was fiance and mm -hmm. then your spouse. Uh, whereas today we have so many different terms. We've got partner, we have companion, we have life, you know, partner, I guess, or significant other. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking of that, you know, usually when I grew up and certainly in my age range, uh, when you hear the term partner or you hear significant other, you think same-sex partner, uh, which is why sometimes it's so funny when you hear boyfriend-girlfriend, you know. Right. Um, but are there also um, people who are homosexual in the aging communities? You know, someone asked me that just recently who was attending a gerontology certificate program. And she asked me, you know, do I know if we have, you know, any homosexual residents? And this era... If they're there, then I'm, I'm assuming just in the general population, we, we have some homosexual uh, residents. They don't talk about that. So I don't really know. It's not anything that is openly discussed. Even the heterosexual relationships are not openly discussed. You know, it's, it's more of a private thing in this generation. Right. But you are seeing, or I, let me see, let me ask you. Do you see that when people are married or single, that their activities of being intimate with another person continue after they move into the community? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, sure. And so, and so what kind of things would we be 
viewing or seeing or identifying when somebody's in a relationship with someone else? Some hand-holding. You see that. You see um, bringing heads together and kind of whispering to one another closer. We see hand-holding. We see a lot of walks around the community where they're holding hands. Um, and when we do outings, they want to make sure they sit with them on the bus and they're with, with them on the outing. So that just the closeness is, I think, what we observe in the communities. Mm-hmm. And with the independent living, I assume that there's more independence in that there's locks on their doors and the caregivers who work there aren't just going into the apartments during the day to check on them like they would in a higher level of care. Is that accurate? Yes, that's true. And independent living is just like any apartment in a sense that you would have. We just provide the amenities of the meals and housekeeping, transportation, the activity program, but it's their apartment and they have the key. And that's a little different than assisted living. Correct. And so tell me how it is with assisted living. Sure. Assisted living, we have responsibility for 24-hour watchful oversight. So oftentimes the residents choose not to lock their doors. Now, some of them do, and we use our key. We knock on the door and enter. But it is something where um, they're expecting to see people in and out of their apartment often or seeing them in the dining room or through an activity. So there's a lot more interaction, in a sense, with the caregiving staff in assisted living. And there was just this week in the New York Times, uh, actually on June 10th, a story called The New Old Age Caring and Coping uh, by Paula Spann. And it talks about this very issue as far as when her parents moved into a senior community. It was actually an assisted living level. um, And they were married. And that her mother was continuing to be very sexually intimate with her husband. And that's one of the biggest complaints was that they didn't have the privacy because Mm. it was assisted living Mm. and that the caregivers could and did walk in at any time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so is there any training that goes on with regard to that kind of sensitivity, awareness and respect? Sure, sure. I think one of the things that's really good when you're doing a plan of care for someone is to know what is like their customized needs. And if someone, for example, would enjoy in the afternoon taking a nap and having the door locked, and we know from some period of time, say one thirty to 5, that they want to be left alone, we certainly would, uh, you know, abide by that kind of a... Now, we don't have to plan it out that way. It doesn't have to be planned that way. There could be, you know, something where you could put do not disturb on the door, and we would certainly honor that. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, with guests Tracy Johnson from Hallmark Buckhead and Independent Living and Assisted Living Community for Seniors. Now, you know, you mentioned that there's things that they could do, like put do not disturb signs. You know, that takes me back to, I didn't go to traditional college because I went in the military instead, but it takes me back to what I heard about traditional colleges where, you know, you'd put the sock on the door handle or you do things like that. Um, (laughs) Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Uh, Just big sign, do not come in, we're having sex. Um, So, uh, and today's topic is senior sex. And so... um, So with that, though, every person is not every – let me back up. I know that through my law firm, I have lots of clients that – many of them seniors. And I remember, you know, this one particular gentleman, he – really resisted moving to an assisted living facility. And his parents 
uh, sorry, his children, you know, didn't understand why so much. And then ultimately they came down to the conclusion because he was quite open about it, actually. And he said, you know, my girlfriend comes over every day, you know, and for a while she was considered caregiver, but she really never was the caregiver. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense that we Mm -hmm. call people caregivers. (laughs) And, um, and so, and that was the big inhibiting factor is he didn't think that he'd still be able to have a relationship with somebody. Um, and he had clues as to, you know, to tell his son, look, you know, if you come over and, you know, there's this out in the yard, then don't come in my house. (laughs) (laughs) That was their symbol. That was their symbol. Um, And, you know, not everybody understands the the nature of, you know, this because, A, we don't want to consider our parents having sex, first of all. Um, and ever, and uh, when we were younger or as we get older. But second, not just our family members, but the professionals as well. And um, so where I was going with this is, is there sensitivity training that you're aware of on a large scale? Well, that's a good question. Um, at Brookdale, we have all kinds of training that goes on all the time. And so we do have some sensitivity training around sexuality. Um, one of the things that we've had kind of you know, as you do this for several years, I've been involved in this almost 20 years, and you you find different stories because everybody has their own story, right? Um, and you really can um, take what people are there used to, you know, the, the caregivers, for example, and bring them into a training. But I found that it gets almost uh, with a layer of their own perception on it. You know, and so I have not here at Brookdale, but in other communities heard some whispering, oh, so-and-so is with so-and-so, you know, you know, they, they got connected and Gossiping you know, that kind on. of thing, you know. <laughs> and so it's very important to um, pull that aside and, and kind of dissect that a little bit and say, you know, that's, that's their business. And, you know, we want to just encourage people to live their lives to the highest quality that they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really a catchphrase too, you know, in, in senior living is high quality of living. But certainly if you want to have a friend, or um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, that raises your quality of living in life. Certainly can maintain or increase. Um, now, you mentioned Brookdale. Uh, is that a uh, one of the communities at the Hallmark Buckhead? Yes, Brookdale okay. is the largest provider of senior living in America. And um, the Hallmark is just a type of one of the Brookdales. We have different kinds. Great. And Tracy, how can people get in touch with the Hallmark if they'd like to have a tour or come see your community? Sure. It's um, www.brookdale.com. Wonderful. And you want to repeat that again? www.brookdale.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-D-A-L-E. Correct. You've been listening to Tracy Johnson from Hallmark Buckhead talking about senior communities and the activities that go on there to include seniors having sex. And so now who we have with us is Triff Cook through Home Care Assistance to talk to us about the education and the awareness and the sensitivity that goes with realizing that sex does not stop at the age of 50. Um, so welcome, Triff. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Victoria. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you know, you've come to specialize in giving education on this topic. Well, um, I am the Director of Client Services for Home Care Assistance, and our tagline is um, changing the way people age. Um, the whole concept is to keep people comfortable, safe, and independent as long as possible. 
And as you know, we have something going on in this country called the silver tsunami. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. More and more people are living longer, and they're not just living longer, they're living healthier. And that's opening up a whole vista of other things that they want to do as they age. And so as a, as the director of client services at Home Care Assistance, I went back and studied and took courses on all the illnesses and all the things that plague people as they get older. And so at one point, I um, became a geriatric care manager. I um, I am a member of the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers. And as a geriatric care manager and somebody who helps older people stay independent, um, I started uh, to realize that there was there was a lot of deficiency out there, a lot of lack of information that people in our generation, our generation being the under 75 set. The bo baby boomers. <laughs> the baby boomers. There, there's a really a, a dearth of uh, information on, uh, well, actually on sex education. And Victoria, you're talking about um, a, a woman maybe 85. Do you think when she was in school, they ever took the girls into one room and the boys <laughs> into the other and told them about the birds and the bees? Not like they do now, no, no. which is just starting <laughs> earlier and earlier and earlier. Absolutely. And so what you've got now is you've got a lot of older people going to wonderful places like the Hallmark, which is an absolutely wonderful place to be. Um, and they're meeting other people. And we're talking about all these communities, as well as some of them are computer savvy and they get on the internet and they maybe go to their high school reunion or they meet their friend and they meet through whatever, f through friends or however. And so... Good. They, I'm glad you were going to say that because I thought you meant these other sites that we don't want to talk no, about. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So they're trying to connect with friends that they knew years absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and well, even no matter what, however, they, they might even just meet somebody that they fall in love with, but they never had any sex education. And they've most of the women have gone through menopause. And so they're thinking, well, gee, this is great. I, I can't get pregnant. So I'm just going to enjoy all the pleasure that I can and they don't know about um, STDs and that is an emerging issue that I understand is that you know among the senior population that sexually transmitted diseases is actually on the rise absolutely they are and it's not just uh, sexually transmitted diseases there's also things like skin tears well if you're 85 years old and your skin breaks it's really much more it's much more dangerous than if you or I nicked ourselves and so there are things like that that you have to be very careful about so that takes on a whole new definition of safe sex absolutely that there's a right way there truly is a right way and a wrong way to do this absolutely and then think about things like um viagra and cialis um those makes it easier well it? <laughs> the reason i mention it is because there can be drug interactions if you're on certain medicines and you take uh, Cialis or Viagra, there can be some very dire consequences. So well, that's especially if you're on other medications like heart medication or stroke Absolutely. medication, correct? Right. Absolutely. So combine that with the fact that older people sometimes don't um, command the respect they should with their children, with younger people. And so sometimes they're privacy can be compromised. And I'm thinking about my own dear mother and how I used to just, she lived in the Hallmark, actually, uh, in 
in a in in one of the apartments, and I would just burst in anytime I wanted, just never even thinking. Just never occurred to you that she could be never occurred with someone me. else or with herself. Let's not forget that's absolutely an option. that's always an option, and the, you know it's just something you have to think about. You, it's just something that as as we're dealing now with this older group that have come up that in earlier generations nobody lived this long so there's nobody to give us guidelines or or thoughts on how this is emerging well and i'm no sex expert that is for sure but you know if i were just to you know observe if you listen to couples you listen to people individuals and you know at early parts of marriage you know there's a whole lot of sex going on you have your kids and then after you have your kids you have a whole lot of living going on and working and taking care of kids and so you forget that that's even a component of who you are or were and then you're retired and you don't have all those stresses anymore and you have an awakening you know absolutely. and your kids don't see that awakening because they're still stuck in the living part <laughs> absolutely right? and and actually a lot of children think my parents never had sex <laughs> and actually um, well and with artificial insemination these days and uh, alternative ways to have children. They don't have to. Absolutely. <laughs> and psychologists study this, actually. And it comes actually comes from um, the idea that children don't want to think of their parents in that way. And so it really does create a situation where it, 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 it really can make it very hard for the parent and the child or the older person, the younger person, to talk to each other and about so this. And so what are some of the ways that seniors are being discriminated against when it comes to sex? Um, the, the whole idea of what I was talking about just bursting in, there's a lack of privacy many times in, in many places where seniors are not allowed the privacy that they deserve to have. And also, think about this, an older woman goes to her doctor her GP, and she's describing all these symptoms. And the doctor never once thinks, well, let's test her for, for a, a sexually transmitted disease or let's test her for um, some illness that she might have uh, based on the thought that she might be having sex. And so a lot of times things are missed. And um, in in older people, especially uh, urinary tract infections, which sometimes come along with sexual activity, can be very um, well. That can be devastating. They can it can cause a delirium. It can cause a terrible uh, distress and pain. And to both the person and the family who doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. Why is my mother acting so crazy? Why is dad, you know? And my first thought always with a UTI is, are they getting enough? Hydration, water. Should yes. I now be thinking, are they also having sex and not getting enough water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there you go. <laughs> which those two can actually, you know, uh, one cause the other as well. So, exactly. Um, so those are two, two distinct ways that people are being discriminated against older people. Now, where I've seen some discrimination is actually from, uh, I'll start with family members first in that children where they have a single parent that is now starting to date another person or in their minds have sex with this other person. Um, and they want to completely prohibit it and they don't see it as appropriate behavior at the age of 85 or whatever age. And, um, now I have my own philosophies and thoughts on that that I'll share in a second. But have you seen that? And how do we deal with the family members? We see it all the time. A lot of times, here's here's a scenario. 
Uh, Dad just passed away. Mom's distraught. She's depressed. She can't even remember to take her medicines. And her children are thinking mom's just so distraught about losing our dear dad. Um, let's move her to an assisted living or uh, another uh, smaller apartment. And um, then here, here's mom, and she's moved in, and things that they're bursting in and all of a sudden mom's with someone and they're thinking it's not just perhaps well she shouldn't be having sex it could also there could be all sorts of other situations it could be that's a gigolo he wants to take mom's money that's somebody who is taking advantage of our mother and if mom can't remember her medicine perhaps because she's showing signs of dementia or alzheimer's it could be does mom really know she's doing this? Does mom really understand what's going on? So erratic behavior, yeah. out of character, and potentially competency issues yes. is what you see the children go through. I'll give you another side of it that I see. But you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, with guests Triff Cook talking about seniors and sex and how we educate the society about that. And so, you know, what I see is unfortunately not that aspect so much as the children who come in and they see their parent having a relationship with somebody else and they're absolutely terrified that they might get married and then their inheritance is going to go to the other spouse. And that's the only reason why they don't necessarily want them to be with them. And that just so much goes against what you were both saying before, Tracy and Triff, is that, you know, we're looking at quality of life. This is a companion. This is someone that they are enjoying at the late stages of their life. And I see family members worried about the finances, not so much the quality of life of the person who's living. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every study shows that when people are in relationships and they're in loving relationships, they're going to do much better longer. So it's, it is contradictory. Can't they just buy a dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what the family would say, right? Yeah. I'm totally for the quality of life and, you know, intimacy. But <laughs> Well, and, and you have, have to look at each situation separately, and that's why geriatric care management can be so helpful, trying to help families and older people navigate and make wise choices. If an older couple does want to get married and there is a lot of pushback from the family, how great to con consult a lawyer or a geriatric care manager who can get them in touch with a lawyer who can really help them make it so that they're not worrying about those things. The children can really relax and get to know the new spouse or the new special friend and not worry about what's happening to their inheritance or, you know, the family farm or anything else. Exactly. So there's legal ways to be able to manage those issues without prohibiting the relationship. Absolutely. I think one of the things, though, that happens with seniors is that it's multiple layers. It's not just the finances. It's that we don't really like him or her or, you know, there is some dementia. And there, so there's multiple things that have to be considered. And you did mention the capacity issue, and that's a real issue. And, you know, we, I find sometimes that, you know, family members either overreact and think people are not capacitated when they are, or they're in complete denial and think they can do everything and they can't. And it's finding that middle ground. And when you add sex to it, 
um, it can be much more difficult. Absolutely. I had a client um, that was 85 years old, had never been married before, and it was, you know, he was in a relationship with this much younger woman. Uh, but And he did have dementia. He definitely had, in my legal opinion, capacity issues. Well, the red flag there, and so then we'll give an example of what's not a red flag. But the red flag there was that, you know, when she moved in, she moved her boyfriend in too. You know? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> capacity. Um, whereas, you know, one of the sweetest relationships I've ever seen was a client of mine that was also, she was 82 and he was 85. They were high school sweethearts. He went off to the war and she said, I'm not going to stay and wait. She didn't. She got married. He then got married. Years later, the four of them became friends. And then his wife had Alzheimer's. He took care of her until she died. And then her husband ultimately died at some point as well. And then they were dating. And then she was so sweet. She was so cute. She was like, um, well, we have to get married. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, because we're traveling together and it doesn't look right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, you know, and, and of course, you know, in, in this generation, yes. we get married. I need to change my name. You know, so there's all the legal stuff. But most of the family was supportive. There was one child who was totally not supportive, and it was about the finances, mm -hmm. you know. And, and like you said, Triff and Tracy, is that there are legal ways to take care of that, you yes. know, so that we don't have to get in the way of the relationship. Absolutely. So, you know, Triff, it sounds like you're, you've sought out the education of this. Yes. Um, but is there a lot of education out there? Are there certificate programs? Are there community, you know, presentations that people can go to? whether they are seniors or whether the support of family members or professionals who live in the facility, who don't live there, but who work in the facilities. Yes. There are, there are resources and you do, there is a little digging you have to do. I think one of the best things to do is to uh, go to the website of the uh, geriatric care managers, which is called caremanager.org. Um, that's one way to see what's available in terms of geriatric care management um, also, you can um, just put in a, a search engine words like um, support for and then list an illness, um, and you can find support groups all over. And I think there are also organizations that will help people who are looking to figure out what to do. Maybe a parent does have some capacity issues, and maybe they really do need to move somewhere, and there are a lot of organizations that can help people for, for actually, most of them are, are free of charge that will help find a place for the loved one that needs to move. So, so. tell us an unusual or wonderful success story that you've seen on this topic. <laughs> well, we had a um, uh, an older gentleman. When I say older, he was 96 years old. And um, as, uh, as the director of client services at Home Care Assistance, all my caregivers are supervised by a nurse, by an RN. And, and they're providing care at people's homes. Yes. Okay. And so this, this man lived at, at an independent senior community. And his wife had passed away after many years of marriage, and um, he wanted to speak to our nurse. He told the caregiver he really wanted to speak to the nurse, and um, so we uh, we sent our nurse out to visit with him. And he said that he they had changed his medicine, and now he's ninety six now. His wife just passed away, and he was having a hard time 
having um, an erection. And so I can imagine depression so, <laughs> might do that. <laughs> but at right about the time my nurse was probably picking her chin off the floor because once again that's that discrimination piece. There was a knock on the door and a woman burst in and said, "Yoo-hoo, honey." And another resident they had he had made friends with another resident and um I think our nurse pointed him towards a urologist for a checkup, and I think everything turned out fine, and, and the man is still going strong. So, <laughs> And so we have to also get over not just um, our perception of whether or not seniors should have sex, but also our own stereotypical thoughts and perceptions and expectations of how people grieve and how they move on and, you know, what they need on a day-to-day basis, because that was a, a combined issue right there. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So. And we, we see them all the time. And I think we do have to respect and honor the fact that we all have self-determination and we really can't be put, we, as younger people, as parents and loved ones, we really can't be in a position to tell our um, parents and older friends what to do. They really do need to be able to make their own decisions in a lot of times. Just like we don't want our parents telling us what to do anymore. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when looking for resources, um, I certainly would want to use a home care company or a senior community that is aware and sensitive to these issues um, and willing to educate their staff so that they can handle it, what I would say, appropriately. Yes. Um, and so how can people find information about your business, Triff? Um, we're on the web at um, Home Care Assistance, and that's spelled with a C-E, not a T-S. So you want to go ahead and just spell the whole thing? H-O-M-E. <laughs> A-S-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E dot com. So home assistance. Home care assistance. dot com. Yes. And um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us that uh, people should live on and be strong. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> Absolutely. And you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we have just listened to Tracy, to, I'm sorry, to Tracy Johnson from Hallmark Buckhead, an independent living facility and assisted living facility, as well as Triff Cook from Home Care Assistance, talking to us about seniors having sex. Now, I'd like to take this moment to shift over into our special moment where we salute a senior. And... I don't want y'all to get the wrong idea, um, <laughs> but we do have a very special senior that I'd like to salute today, and her name is Helen Hart, and we're saluting her for being an awesome lady that everyone enjoyed being around, and she was, uh, I got to know her approximately nine years ago, um, and just every day I was able to be in her presence, it was a joyful day for me to include the very last day of my relationship with her, which was when uh, I attended her funeral. And it was a two-hour funeral, and it was a two-hour celebration of life. And I had never been to one uh, where the celebration was so thoughtful. She was living in a nursing home and everyone from all the people who work there that could go went to the nursing home, friends and family. And it was just a wonderful occasion. And so here today to celebrate her life and uh, to salute her is her daughter, Juanita Tolbert. Juanita, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I was so enthusiastic when you called 
And I was moved to tears because I, I miss her vibrant spirit. And you have her vibrant spirit, just I, so you know. <laughs> I think so. I still go back to the nursing home every Thursday and I play bridge with, as my mom called them, the inmates. And I don't know why she <laughs> named them that, but she was always very comical. She had an upbeat attitude about being in the nursing home. It wasn't that way from the start. Um, we had several weeks and months of adjustment, but as she got to know people that were in her same condition, she felt that she was among friends that understood her. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I remember about her most is that she never accepted no for an answer to anything. During the first few years of being at a nursing home, she was allowed to vote. In fact, um, many of the um, staff members would come around and ask persons, would you like to vote? We will help you. We will provide you an absentee ballot, or we will even take you to the polls. Well, the year that Obama was running for office, she was especially concerned because being a black woman, she wanted to vote for this black president. Mm -hmm. And no one came around to ask her about a ballot. And she said, well, why hasn't somebody come to investigate this? And she said, I want you, meaning myself. She said, let's go and see why they aren't coming to help me vote. So I did, and they said at this particular institution, well, we just forgot. We just didn't <laughs> This is the year we about forgot. <laughs> we didn't think about it. So my mom said, well, I want to vote. So she asked me to investigate where she could vote. So we went to several different agencies, and we were always we were several times told, um, I'm sorry, we don't know where to tell you to go. And mom said, well, let's try another place. So we did, until we found a place that would give her a picture ID and all the necessary tools to vote. And that year, she did vote. That's because she never took no for an answer. She always found a solution. And this was her manner of existing with the other patients in the nursing home. She was always helping someone. Her roommate once fell out of a chair, and instead of her calling someone, she tried to pick the roommate up. Oh, <laughs> and your mother in, in her own, at least when I knew her, was in a wheelchair. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. She was in a wheelchair and about to hurt herself, but she felt so concerned about this close friend that she wanted to help her on her own. Mm-hmm. And speaking to the topic that you're talking about today, which is sex in the nursing home. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Let me tell my story first. Okay. All right. <laughs> about your mother. Sure. <laughs> so her mother was as dynamic as what I'm talking about. And um, while she was not married, and to my knowledge, I don't know what her activities were, but I will say this, that every time I went to the nursing home, there was this man who was also a resident that lived in another room on her floor on her wing he was also in a wheelchair and every single day he was there with her every time I went anyway and I was there one time when his wife came to visit and she literally went into the room and she's like I don't want you coming in here anymore and uh and would wheel him back to his room but it's interesting is that you know 
he was looking for companionship, obviously. The wife did not understand that really that's all it was. I mean, there was none of this, uh, you know, sex or anything else that we're talking about going on there. But there definitely was the companionship, the friendship, and on some level probably some intimacy there to the extent that, you know, only they will know. But um, so that's the story I know. Tell me uh, another story. Oh, I can remember another incident. Incident, I should say. Um, I was... uh, taking exercise from a personal trainer and my mom said wow she said he's good looking she said can't he come over here and give me some exercise so I said <laughs> why not so he did and this particular day he asked her to lie down I imagine that hold on Medicare was not going to pay for this right uh, no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so this gentleman came in and uh, gave her exercise. And this particular day, he said, I want you to lie down on the bed because we're going to do something different. So after the session was over, she looked at him and she said, you know what? This is the most action this bed has seen since I've been in this nursing home. <laughs> so her her sexuality was still very vibrant, even though she wasn't participating. <laughs> but it was constantly on her mind. Um, I'm also reminded of how people just gravitated to her Mm -hmm. everybody in the nursing home not just the patients but the nursing staff because she was coherent many of the staff would come in and talk about their personal problems and she had answers for them I can remember some saying you know I'm having problems with my husband he won't do this and she said well why don't you just ignore (laughs) him And then others were saying, you know, I can't attract a man. What do I need to do? She said, you need to stop being so independent. She said, act helpless. A man loves to help a woman. (laughs) Definitely advice from her age. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So she, she was extremely vibrant. And that's why I'm so pleased to, to come and talk about how happy people can be in a nursing home facility. She would never have been as happy in my home, which she thought she would have been, Mm -hmm. because she wouldn't have had this personal interaction with people who understood the position she was in at her age, which was 98 when she passed. Um, When she went into this nursing facility, she was also told by doctors and by nurses that she didn't have long to live. She was told that maybe three months, maybe four months, and she was offered the opportunity of receiving an experimental drug treatment. And her immediate answer was, yes, I'll do it. And once she started, her life was on an upward spiral. She just constantly improved, in fact, her doctor said he was going to write her up as a miracle woman because very few people survived with this cancer, which was multiple myeloma. But she did, in fact, live in this nursing home and in this environment for nine years. She was totally happy. She was even voted queen at the nursing home mm-hmm. because of her ability to help others, uh, her happiness, her upbeat attitude, her ability to just shrug off the negativity. And at her funeral, it was not really a funeral. It was a party. It was a party. (laughs) 
everyone. I had to leave early. (laughs) Too bad you left early. You missed one of the best parts. One of many of her friends, one of her friends in particular, said she used to come and drive my mom to different places in her car. And she one day noticed this flask of gin that fell from under the seat. And this person said, Miss Helen, why are you driving? Why do you have a flask of gin under your seat? She said, you know what? You're driving. I'm not. Let me have my gin. (laughs) That's right. So, as I said, she always found the funny side of life to talk about, to experience, and also lift everybody else's spirits. I had friends that would go over and sit with her just to be uplifted. And when they'd come out, they'd say, I had such a marvelous time with your mom. I enjoy being with her. Great. Well, thank you, Juanita, so much for sharing your experience with your mother and those of others who were blessed enough to be in her presence. And Helen Hart is definitely worthy of our saluting today on Senior Salute Radio. You have been listening to Senior Salute Radio, Seniors Having Sex, which airs live every Friday at 3 p.m. and is also available 24-7 online by visiting SeniorSalute.BusinessRadioX.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. I want to thank our guests and our listeners. We salute you.